Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another podcast. This is the Doctor Speaking, dissecting the intersection between work and learning. Now, you know that uh, for this season, I am speaking to Gen Zs. Yes, we're getting into their heads, into their psycho. We're understanding their expectations, their drives, their passions. Oh, my gosh, I'm really setting this up. Uh, My guest today is a young man called Luke. Hello, Luke. Hey, Trevor. Oh, my gosh, what a fantastic introduction. I love this dissection that you're going to be doing. And, yeah, I'm looking forward to some brain surgery going into diving deep into here well thank you for letting us in uh, we look forward to uh mulliging around and uh getting a better understanding you represent the gen z so no pressure and uh, look tell our listeners a little bit more about yourself who are you what is it that you do yeah so i was born in 1999 so i fit into this gen z bracket um i'm 22 years old about to turn 23 this week and I graduated from university about one year ago now. So after graduating from university, I set up my own company, Let's Level Up, and I've been working on that full time for about a year now. And what we do at Let's Level Up is we empower creators, experts, coaches to build their own learning academies So we provide them with the technology and the advice and support to build online courses, online learning products for people all around the world. Excellent. And and of course, uh, listeners, you won't know this, but just before we started, we we just made it very clear that the levelling up agenda is not with any political party in mind. Uh, It's more of an agenda more generally. So let's move on to that, because this is something you're really excited about. you said you started your own company. Um, yes. Let, let, before we rush into leveling up, let's just pause there for a minute. Um, born 1999, so that's you, you, you're in your early 20s? Yeah, yeah, I'm 22. And you've started your own company. Can we just explore that for a minute or two? I mean, is this just something you kind of just do when you're bored? I mean, what, what's your background <laughs> and experience in setting up companies? I mean, this is a huge risk at 22 yeah, thanks Trevor. I appreciate that. And it's been a it's been a whirlwind of a journey. I'd say starting up a company, I wouldn't recommend to everyone. It's a real period of ups and downs and I feel like society does glamorize entrepreneurship in some ways, but it is a it is a difficult pathway. You have to make a lot of sacrifices along the way. I certainly have along my journey, but for me it could be the only option. When I left university, I didn't want to work for anyone else. And I wanted that real control over how I took my career and how I was creating change in the world. And I was lucky enough. Um, I actually started my first company when I was 12. Uh, so I would knock on people's doors in my local area and I would sell them cakes. Um, I've got a real passion for baking. So I would just make cakes to people in the local area. And then I started selling it to people at the pub and to local cricket and football teams. And so that was really my first taste of running a business. I never saw it as entrepreneurship or running a business, to be honest, at that time. But as I've sort of come to look at it now and connected all those dots, 
I was actually like, okay, actually, I was sort of an entrepreneur, even when I was a early teenager. And then I was able to have a few role models and mentors throughout my time at Warwick University. Um, I had a fantastic time there. And they really did provide some good resources, some incredible people who supported me in my journey throughout my time at university. And I was able to set up a few projects. I had a interesting social enterprise that I helped set up called Food Intercept. And we were taking fruit and vegetable waste. And then we were employing uh, minority women in the local area in Coventry. And then we were turning that into delicious fruit salads and curries, which we sold on campus. Um, so that was another just a little small sort of activity that we did. And it's still running even today, about three years since that. So I've had a range of experiences around setting up businesses. So I knew that when I left university, I had no idea really what the company was going to be about and that journey that I was going to take. But I'd already had a bit of experience in the coaching and education space because alongside running a few businesses, I'd also, I was also running a podcast. We got into Apple's top 20 charts. I started coaching other people on how to run their own podcast, how to build their own podcast. Through being a coach, I was able to realize actually what I love building is online courses. And I set up my own online course. And that's when I really found a lot of the problems that we're now solving at Let's Level Up and trying to level up these coaches to deliver greater impact through their online learning academy. So I was really solving problems that I faced myself. And so that's what one tip that I recommend to people is try things and you'll find problems as you go along the way. You might not exactly know what that problem is or what that end outcome is going to look like. And I think entrepreneurs and or aspiring entrepreneurs can be scared they don't know what that business idea is going to be like. But if you think about problems that you're facing or you hear people facing, then maybe start with that. And you don't need the perfect solution straight away. In fact, you probably won't have it. But if you keep moving ahead and you start taking action, that's when you're going to start to uncover more and more problems and you can refine your business to be a lot better. When I finished university and started my business, I didn't think that our business would be as it is today, but through making lots of mistakes, lots of errors, lots of ups and downs, here's the latest iteration, I would say, Trevor, of where we are. Wow, what a go-getter. You're not going to sit down and watch somebody else solve a problem. If you see a problem, you jump in and you solve it. I mean, that's amazing. Uh, I salute you, 10 out of 10, um, inspirational. I, I was uh, interviewing, uh, and listeners will know this uh, podcast, I think two back uh, from the one we're recording today with Marco in South Africa. I think you know Marco. And um, I picked up when you were sharing about, uh, you know, kind of where you're at now and, and the abilities and skills you have. You mentioned the fact that you, you were privileged to have had many mentors and coaches. And that was quite a significant thing that Marco had brought out as well. Because uh, one of the things I'm trying to unpack, right, one of the things I'm trying to dissect here is, is there something culturally about Gen Z that enables them to be who they are? 
or is it that there are certain Gen Zs who have had opportunities that others may not have had that have allowed them to be this entrepreneurial and go-getting, and therefore what you're trying to do is just broaden your own opportunities really for others. So so tell us a little bit more about leveling up and, and what you're trying to achieve and, and what it's all about. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll, before I go into leveling up and that, I just t- pick on that first point that you made, because I think it's a really important point. And I think when I look at the internet, and there's a lot of downsides to the internet and problems that it's caused, but one of the real beauties that it's created is that actually, we can spend time with mentors, with coaches, to people that we have no interaction with whatsoever. I can go onto YouTube and I can find incredible business coaches or sustainability coaches, people that I will ne- probably never get the chance to meet or never be lucky enough to meet probably, but I can still learn from them. I can listen to podcasts, I can watch videos, I can read documents. And so I was amazed, I was really lucky to have role models and mentors in my circle, but actually I didn't just have role models in my circle. I was able to find mentors on the internet as well. And I think that's that's one sort of shift that I think we're seeing in this whole space is you don't necessarily need to have them in your sort of a sphere of influence in a way. So I think that's just one thing to note on that. And I think if you can find people that are role models and people that you look up to, this whole thing about you are, you become the closest five people around you. I th- I really genuinely believe in that sort of principle in life. So I think I would certainly, if you're struggling to find people who get you or think the same way as you, I'd say go on Instagram, go on LinkedIn, find find people that actually are part of the tribe, a part of the way in which you think, because there's so much opportunity out there. And I think more and more Gen Z people are taking taking this leap, really. Yeah, I can go into your next, uh, next your yes. actual question now. <laughs> no, that was really good. I'm glad you said all of that, because uh, the research shows that, yes, it might be a a digital generation, but they don't always know how to use it for learning. Uh, and so rather spending hours of hours just doing some kind of menial game or watching TikTok videos, um, you've got all of these opportunities at your fingertips that you could use for for other purposes, such as, you know, inspiring yourself, developing yourself and so on. Right. Let's go leveling up. Fire away. Look, I'm, I'm really looking forward to hearing all about this. Yeah. So as I said, it's got nothing, no political agenda to it. So what does leveling up mean? I think leveling up means two things, really. The first part of leveling up is on the coaches, the experts, industry experts who are teaching other people. And let's level up. We want to empower them to be the best possible versions of themselves so that they can therefore impact others. And so the other side of it is leveling up people and whether that's students, whether that's adults, whether that's professionals, whether that's retired people. I think everyone can learn new skills. And so what we want to do at Let's Level Up is create this whole ecosystem where both coaches are creating incredible impact and that impact is being created for those people. And I read a stat in the World Economic Forum that I think about one billion people going to need to be upskilled by 2030. We're just trying to make a small impact as much as we can 
in that space by empowering more and more coaches, more and more experts to tackle this upskilling crisis because we're going to need universities, we're going to need uh, coaches, we're going to need organizations, companies to all tackle this problem. And I really see this joint collaboration and people coming together to tackle these issues because they're global. And so what we want to do is just play our small part in helping this upskilling revolution. Wow. Um, I've, I, I've just come back from holiday and I was reading a book called Megatrends. I don't know if you've come across it. It's an academic from New York. And uh, he mentions 10 megatrends that, you know, that could be devastating. Um, and you're making me think of two of these. One that we've got an older generation who are going to be retiring much older and living much longer. And therefore, a younger generation almost needs to finance that, right? Um, and so hence this drive that we we need to make sure that younger people are, are in employment and in really good employment. But also, secondly, um, the, 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 the whole drive and advancement of technology means that if you don't skill up, you're going to get left behind in some ways. Now, I'm reading all of this and I'm thinking, how much of this is a first world problem? Uh, and I'm thinking, how much of this is a problem that Gen Z is inheriting that they may not necessarily themselves would have chosen, but they have to adapt, right, and and try to figure ways through this. So I'm kind of leading on to the next thing, which is, so from your perspective, what do you think as a Gen Zer, but also as somebody who engages with Gen Z generation, what are the Gen Z's biggest challenges um, as a generation for themselves? Yeah, really good question, Trevor. And I've I've also read Megatrends. I think it's a fantastic book. I would say there's a there's a whole range of challenges. I think one right now, which is always at the forefront of my mind, has to be climate change, and it has to be integrated into every conversation because it's not like a one issue, one problem. It's a real multifaceted problem, and it's going to require. Um, multifaceted solutions. And so it's important that every organization, every system that we build in our society is built to tackle the climate crisis. Um, and I think that's one thing that Gen Z has inherited. And I, I think they're also being pushed the responsibility. I think the responsibility should be placed a lot less on Gen Z right now because they're like students and very young people. The people that are making the decisions to impact the climate crisis are typically people at the top of organisations, at the top of government that are, are a much older generation. So while Gen Z is seemingly inheriting this problem and are going to be the generation that face these issues, they can create change through activism and the fantastic work that we're seeing many people do on a micro scale. But I think it's a very dangerous narrative to purely just push that responsibility onto Generation Z. I think it has to, the leadership needs to come from people uh, at the top, at the top, defining how our systems and societies work. So I think climate change, massive issue. I think looking at upskilling and I think it's a another big issue and especially with the rise of technology it creates an incredible opportunity but big risk at the same time because it's going to create new jobs jobs that are never were never seen like my job that I do today 
would never exist without technology, without incredible technology that allows people to build their own online courses. And so I guess I'm making the most of that opportunity. I'm lucky enough to take part in that opportunity. But at the same time, if people don't have that technical skill set, for example, and they're unable to adapt their current knowledge and their experience and their passion to this new world that we're living in, they might struggle in their career. And so we're going to need to, it's, I mean, there's there's many different ways in which we can tackle this. I mean, we're probably going to need some universal income. We probably don't want to touch on that in this podcast, but we might need like a universal income to help tackle that. But we're also going to need solutions to help them upskill and keep upskilling because I don't see learning as this thing that you just do until you're 20, 21 and then you stop. I think the real important mindsets that we need to approach is this lifelong learning mindset where people are continuously learning more and more. And we're seeing that at our companies. We're seeing people that are students taking courses. We're seeing actually it's many adults, people in their 30s, their 40s, their 50s, even 60s and 70s are taking courses because they want to learn new skills. And I think we're going to see more and more of that over time. And so while Gen Z does inherit this problem of upskilling and need to upskilling, I think it's a, also a great opportunity for Gen Z to not only create new jobs, enter new careers that never would have existed, but also find ways to help tackle these problems. And that's the real way I like to reframe problems is, OK, so we've got this issue. How can we help tackle this? And that's I guess that's the entrepreneur inside of me. But I see more and more Gen Z people like that. They're not just accepting problems for what they are, but they're seeing how can they actually make some sort of change to that problem. I think those are the two main ones that I'm passionate about. Of course, we've got other things around mental health and workplace cultures as they go into it. And I think we're seeing lots of really positive change in this space. And it's it's upsetting people who have lived in systems in a certain way and workplaces have been a certain way. And that's that's certainly an issue that people are facing and the, that we're going to see changes in this. But I'm optimistic for the future. But at the same time, I think there needs to be big changes to enable Gen Z to thrive. And I, and I think if anything, reading the the, the, the mega trends book, um, oof, man, just one of those trends will will cause a major change in the way in which you know systems operate, deglobalization, and all of that kind of stuff. Um, very very interesting. Uh, I I want to come back to uh, one of the aspects that you mentioned about, um, you know, we, we may need a universal credit, and I know you, we're not going to do that for this podcast, but I, I just want to make the listeners aware that uh, I'm going to be interviewing Mandy Crawford from UVAC, um, the, 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 the UK vocational um, organization. And uh, she and, oh, blimey, which of the other organization? Go on my LinkedIn profile, you'll see that I've, uh, I've shared it. They've literally just re- released a report um, this week, uh, and I'm busy recording this uh, in the beginning of November 2022, talking about the apprenticeship levy. Uh, what it seeks, sought to achieve, is it achieving it? 
um, and they're talking about a skills levy replacing the apprenticeship levy and the report really is addressing this and saying well be careful and and, and pins out a number of things that are quite different so if, if this is your kind of ball game do you jump into that report it, it makes some really interesting reading um, and do look out for the future podcast where I'll be speaking with Mandy and particularly talking about uh, UK context very specific but how uh, the government is trying to address some of this upskilling in terms of degree apprenticeships and the apprenticeship levy. You've mentioned a lot of courses that you're doing. Uh, we're going to make sure that the, those links, we'll put that in the description of this podcast uh, so that interested listeners, uh, you know where to go if you want to find out more from Luke in terms of all of those kinds of things. Now, for any generation that is a little bit older, I'm Gen X, um, and I, I agree with you. you know, we, I, I look at governments at the moment, Trump, Biden, uh, even the fellow over in Russia, they're all boomers. It's like, seriously, just retire. I mean, just let somebody else try and give this thing a bit of a go and maybe actually do a better job. So, you know, there, there are these kind of generational tensions. Uh, I can't say Gen Xs will do any better because the UK has had many Gen Xs who've, who've uh, been uh, in the swinging doors at the moment in terms of Prime Minister. Um, but what do you, uh, in, in terms of helping other generations understand Gen Z a little bit better, what is different about Gen Z uh, and or what makes them unique as a generation, particularly in terms of career? So how do you manage them? What are their career aspirations? Um, I'm interviewing a lot of you guys who are very entrepreneurial, um, and I think that's quite a key characteristic. So so from your from the horse's mouth. From a from a fellow Gen Zer, um, what makes you guys different? What makes you unique and distinctive as a generation? And how should we work with you? Yeah, I think one of the key first things is, like you said, we are entrepreneurial and we do want change. And I think one of those things is giving people that space to thrive. One of the things that, to be honest, put me off going straight into a company was I wasn't sure if I'd be able to to have that space to make those decisions that I wanted to, to be able to make and build that career that I wanted to build. If you want to work with those sort of people, you need to actively engage and listen to them because they ultimately are going to, everyone's going to have their own unique pathway that they want to take. And I think we're not seeing this whole like linear career path that traditional careers look like. We're seeing people take very different routes. And so there's there's a whole range of things that are coming. We're seeing people working like multiple jobs at the same time. We've got, um, yeah, the rise of like side hustles, side incomes, side businesses. So you, it's going to be uncomfortable for companies to embrace their employees wanting to start up a side hustle, probably because you want them to focus all their time and energy into your business, into your work. But actually, that's something that you're probably going to have to embrace. And if you're not embracing that, you might lose out on incredible talent. So I think that's going to be something to be mindful of. I think the other thing is this whole digital literacy, growing up with the internet, seeing that, I think that can really be leveraged as a tool. And so really asking Gen Z to teach you about trends, about new ways in which consumers are acting, act actively engaging and listening and giving people that responsibility is really important to Gen Z. And if you can empower them to create those changes and have that sort of responsibility themselves, that's when you're really going to get the most out of them. So I'd say 
embrace that innovator, that entrepreneurial Gen Z mindset and embrace that digital literary digital literary mindset as well. And I think embrace that whole way of rethinking and becoming uncomfortable with how you think the workplace and how careers should be. Because I can just tell you that no matter what your experience is and your mindset is and how you think Gen Z are going to change the change the workplace, it's going to continue to evolve. And so you need to be prepared to be uncomfortable and prepared to embrace that change and be prepared to consult and work with people on an individual basis. So I think those things are important. And I just say from a lens of attracting Gen Z, I think it's really important that you embrace the whole attitude of, okay, in my company, I want to create impact with what we're doing. I don't want to just my company to be about money. I actually want to create change. And so you really need to ensure that your workplace aligns with the values that Gen Z wants to see, such as climate change, for example. This is a issue that is top of mind for so many Gen Zers. And so you need to ensure that your company and your workplace is aligning with those goals. It's not just saying that, but it's actions and their day to day job aligns with that. I love it. Um, yes. Uh, and it sounds really good. Um, you know, the adaptability, fluidity, uh, flexibility. Uh, and again, the, you know, you're talking about leveling up and developing the skills. Well, these are some of the skills I, I, I guess maybe an older generation may not necessarily feel comfortable with um, because they've learned one way of doing something. And now you're telling me I, I need to not be so proficient in that one way of doing things. So, no, really good. Um, look, You've, you, you've, you've been talking about Gen Z in general. Now the heat is on you. You're in the hot seat. You're a Gen Zer. Where do you see yourself in five to 10 years time? Um, and, and why? What, what does that path look like? Really good question, Trevor. And I would say I don't know. is a, a simple answer. It's an easy answer at the same time. But I definitely will want to continue to build companies. I hope that we can create an incredible success out of Let's Level Up. And if it goes well, then maybe I'll still be running Let's Level Up in five, 10 years time. Who knows? What I can tell you is I'll continue to be building companies, building that impact through that and ensuring that I'm able to tackle those issues that I'm really passionate about, whether that is in the education space, whether that is in the climate change space. I think if I can ensure that my career aligns with that maybe I will be working for a company but it's in another role where I have that space to create that change who knows what that looks like but a role that I can be that innovator and I can align that innovator mindset with things that I'm passionate about if I can do that in whatever company whether it's my own or another one then I'll probably be in that so I'd say that's that's where my career path is heading but who knows? And I think that's what really excites me. Like, I never knew if my company would exist if I spoke to you this time last year, but it has, and it's becoming more and more successful. It's exciting in a way that I don't really know where I'm going to be in five, 10 years time. And if, I, if you spoke to most Gen Zers, they also would probably give you a similar answer because career paths are changing so much and the world of work is changing so much that 
who knows what jobs are going to be like? Is it going to be in person? Is it going to be remote? Are we going to have um, these headsets on? Are we going to be in the metaverse? Or is it going to be like as we're working today? The beauty of that is you can create that career and that change that you want you want to see. And we don't have all the power, obviously, but you can create a small change. So if I can keep creating that change, I think I'll be happy. Sounds good to me. Sounds good to me. You know what? As you were talking and you, you were talking about a side hustle, I, I kind of got an image of a crab. Uh, I, I don't know if you've ever seen a crab run across a beach. You know, they run sideways. It's like they're, they're not looking where they're going. Uh, you know, their, their body's going in that direction, but they're looking to, to the side. And and I think that's probably maybe a good illustration, actually, that you you know you're moving forward, but your focus isn't forward like traditional careers, one career for the rest of my life sort of thing. And I commit and sacrifice everything to that. But actually, no, you're moving forward, but your focus is on what's on the sides of you. And you're constantly engaging across a number of things uh, to, to, to the left and to the right. But you're moving forward, but sideways, yeah, side hustle. So there we go. Anyway. I love that. Yeah, I mean, careers. That, I see that that's how that sort of embodies it, because if you're a company that your your words, your actions don't align with your words, then the crab is just going to move to the side and choose another company. That's sort of how we think is it, it can be a bit dangerous, this whole cancel culture thing. I will admit that. But that's sort of the mindset is if you don't align with the values of Gen Z, then they're just going to ignore you. They're not going to take part or want to support you in your activities. So you need to ensure that actually, yeah, there is that alignment in the values and that you there's that equal mutual value. There's the challenge. You want to make sure your pensions are secure for the future. Don't disengage with Gen Z. <laughs> they control your pensions now. Isn't it? Right. Anyway. That's the subject for another day. Look, thank you very much. Um, this has been absolutely a delight. Uh, I'm not just saying it because this is a podcast. You absolutely inspire me. Um, my daughter's just started university and uh, I'm trying to push her towards the likes of yourself and others and say, look, look what your generation is doing. Be inspired. You know, you've got some really good role models that are not, you know, way older than you, whatever. They, they, they're they part of your generation doing some really good stuff. So thank you for being willing to come and share some of that and share a little bit of yourself and let us rummage that brain. Um, thank you very much. Thank you. Well, I hope that dissection was enjoyable. And yeah, I'd say to anyone who does want any support or help, LinkedIn is probably the best place to find me. I can send it in the, so it's in the show notes uh, on the description so you can have access to that. And please do reach out happy to answer any questions that people do have and if i can be a small role model to anyone then i'm more than happy to play that part and i just encourage you to find find those people that are just one step two steps ahead of you like it's great to aspire to be individuals who are at the end of the journey but you've got to remember that those people are not overnight successes they've been working tirelessly often without any results and so don't be disheartened is my first th first thing that I'd say. And yeah, find those role models that are one, two steps ahead of you as well. 
you've just given us so many lovely statements. You you are who, who the five closest people are around you. Look for somebody two or three steps ahead of you. I mean, just absolute gold nuggets. Look, thank you very much. Listeners, thank you very much. Uh, do uh, sign in again. Uh, we've got a number of other guests coming up, uh, one being Mandy from UVAC. And I have an employer uh, who supports degree apprentices who's going to come in and just talk to us uh, from uh, an employer's perspective. So from a big, big, big major company, I'm not quite sure whether I'm allowed to say the name yet, so um, I'm not. Uh, but again, just keep signing in. Uh, we've got some good conversations coming up in the future. Luke, thank you very much. Cheerio. Thanks, Trevor. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Bye-bye. Well, everybody, thank you for joining us for this final podcast for 2022. Uh, the next one will be coming out in early January. So it just leaves me to say have a wonderful first of season. Have a happy new year and see you in 2023. Bye-bye now. You've been listening to The Doctor and he just dissected the intersection between work and learning.